Hey guys, my name's Echo Kellum. I play Curtis Hall, aka Mr. Terrific, on CW Arrow, and you're listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. My name is Craig McKenzie, and in the year 2017, I host a podcast talking about nerdy things. To help me do this, I recruited a team to help me with my rambling. We span the entirety of the film-TV continuum to find topics to discuss. Please don't call us losers. We prefer the term, Neil Before Pod. Hello, and welcome to part two of our trip through the current seasons of the Arrowverse to date. I'm your host Craig McKenzie once again, and Chris is still with me discussing these shows. This time for the spoiler warning, Bebo will supply. <laughs> Bebo. Hungry. Legends of Tomorrow. Yay. The fun one, as as some people call it. Those yeah. Some people I, me. <laughs> Legends have just properly embraced it. Oh, hell, we can do what, they, what we want with this. We can just go as ridiculous and over the top. And I've got to admit, my confidence wavered a little bit at the beginning of this uh, season, and then they've kind of won me back over, especially with the, the recent episode. Hmm. You know, I just, um, yeah, they've just kind of embraced the ridiculous of it and gone, ah, why not? Yeah, the first episode was was not the best. I think um, I think it was uh, as we covered in some detail. Uh, the second episode onwards was much better, though. I really liked um, the circus bit. You know, Billy Zane as P.T. Barnum, and that's that's where you get the line about Titanic from Victor Garber. You know, uh, whoever built that ship should, ought to be shot because uh, it was him and in the film. You know, that's funny. Um, they've they've introduced a new character, Zari or Z. She's quite good. Um, She's a uh, funnily enough. She's based on a character in the comic called Isis, which uh, they've made some changes for obvious reasons. Uh, I love the ET episode. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, they've just like leaned into the ridiculousness of it, even more so than they did last season. But they still have a heart there as well. You know, they've still got the character moments. They've still got. It's it's not too ridiculous. So there's enough to be invested in, without it becoming too ridiculous. Because it's a thin line they walk. It could just be, this is just disposable nonsense. But it's not. No, it's it, they, they managed to tie it in and keep it grounded. The thing is, they wouldn't be able to be part of the Arrowverse and do the crossovers and anything like that if they went far too over the top. Yeah. Because then you go, well, these characters are now completely different from the universe that they came from. You just can't. Uh, I mean, as much as I've tweaked them somewhat from their origins, they've not... They've not gone too far, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the characters this season, um, I think they've all had a decent showing. Um, except Nate. I hate that guy. Honestly, <laughs> hate that guy. I don't even know why. I just don't like him. Yeah, and, um, it's just... It's like you, you, I, I don't understand your deep hate. I mean, I just think he's not been given a fair crack, really. On this, he's one of these characters that I just don't think the writers like for whatever reason. <laughs> they don't seem to use him very well when they give him lines. They seem to give him really rubbish jokes to fire, and you're like, oh, it's like he's not, he's not getting a lot of love. <laughs> and then, you know, you've got Ray's kind of boy scoutness, and I thought, well, if they're they're doing sort of Ray's the boy scout, you've got Mick the villain. So where do you put Nate in amongst all that? You've either got to team him up with one or the other or do something with him but he just seems to be the oh right we've got a kind of history guy with us so he can go oh well this is what it's supposed to be you know where the other shows have got a a Felicity Cisco uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) character you know they're like in this show they're like well we need the historian guy to explain the historian-y things (laughs) (laughs) so in he comes you know Sort of, uh, you know, we've already mentioned Stargate earlier on, but, you know, throw in the Daniel Jackson kind of character to come in and explain Greek mythology for us. Uh, so in this, you know, it's the exact same. You know, we need the history guy to go, well, actually, in in proper history, this guy went and conquered Germany or conquered this yeah. land or whatever, you know. You know, there never was a god, Bebo. Uh, <laughs> so. There was a social networking site called Bebo, though. I remember it. Uh, <laughs> Memories. Ah, Bebo. 
Bebo the God of War. No. Uh, now resting nicely beside yeah. MySpace. <laughs> and I quite like the anachronism plot, and, and I like that it is connected to the team in some way, so every mission they've been on so far is features some kind of alternate version of one of them or has some other connection, such as um, Mick's dad being there, you know, Ray's younger self, Stein's ancestor. Um, yeah, I hope so, I hope they've come up with a good explanation for it and it's not some sort of uh, really rubbish explanation yeah. of just, oh, but just is. It yeah. almost feels like a bit of a Doctor Who setup, you know, where you get about halfway through the season and the Doctors say something like, I've just noticed that we keep seeing the words bad wolf everywhere we go, you know, or something like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, the the payoff of it will be, well, it'll be what it'll be, but it, I don't know, it has to, I don't, it, it feels like it hasn't been built up as anything that's supposed to be, like, you know, epic or revelatory. It's just something that's they've, they've noticed, though. Yeah, it's noticeable. And I suppose it's a nice way of playing about the characters in the past, you know, finding Mick with his father and all that kind of stuff has been quite... Yeah neatly done so yeah it gives a way of exploring the characters past and giving them all a little, a little something to do yeah. per episode i mean i imagine you know we've already had a, a look at ray so i suppose at some point you might get um you know you might get nate something to do <laughs> one episode you know you're gonna get what the nate storyline oh god god what's his younger self gonna be like Ugh. no <laughs> no <laughs> They'll go uh, opposite. They'll go for older self. <laughs> that's it, yeah. But and um, Amaya is dealing with her granddaughter, who hasn't been born yet, according to her. It may never be born if she never goes back. That's awkward. But the so you've got all that, and um, I like that Mick realizes that his dad isn't the guy that he knew him to be. He kind of saw the genesis of that, and it was Vietnam was what turned him into it. Which is, you know, it's a very obvious message, but it's also a very true message, I suppose, for a lot of people who, you know, who saw that the thing, the, the thing, the person that came home from war isn't the person that left. It's the, the observation, the fact that Mick saw that was, was interesting. Um, Ray realising that he was always a dweeb and was never popular. That was some revelation. Um, and at the end when the, the team all turned up in costume being like, we're Ray's friends. It's like, alright, this breaks the timeline somewhat, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then Mick's like, and give us your candy. That was that was a great moment. I I've I've always it's kind of a neat shot, but I, you know, you do go back and, and people that are listening to the uh time travel podcast, whenever that may happen in the or past, forward. present or future <laughs> or forward. Um will know that we do we do talk about this where you're going, Well, the rules in legends is definitely not constant. That that is definitely been established now unless at the end of this season they do something to repair everything that they've done and basically unwrite everything that's happened in this season yeah. because they've interacted with their former selves now umpteen times <laughs> which I'm pretty sure in the first season was like the big no-no you must not go anywhere near yourself you mustn't do you know anything that could change what you do or where you go and has massive ramifications and now they're passing each other notes they're <laughs> hanging out with each other and the thing you know the only way i can assume is that at the end of these things you know after ray has uh, had the, the time of his life walking about with his new friends they took him home a massive box of candy and then zapped his memory of the entire <laughs> experience and walked off yeah you know that's the only way they can kind of write it and the fact that they've now got the sort of memory eraser kind of helps a little bit yeah. in tidying up messes in the background it does, yeah, and um, the fact we've got Damien Dark back, I mean, it is kind of leaning on the Damien Dark villain because he is one of the best, but, you know, it's it's easy to say, oh yeah, like, Damien Dark, he's, they, they defeated him before, whatever, but then it's just, it's Damien Dark and he's always entertaining, and uh, his resurrection was fantastic, where, um, <laughs> where he was just murdering people to the tune of Return of the Mac. <laughs> yeah but it, one of the best uses of return of the mac i've seen on screen it was it was just absolutely nuts and the character i just can't get enough of him it's just high camp and just proper pantomime melodramatic villain thing it's just it was brilliant 
you're, you're thinking, God, they, they solved this problem pretty easily, and then suddenly you know, the crack of thunder, and there he is. <laughs> you're going, oh, brilliant, this is what we've been waiting for. Now the fun begins. Yeah. You know? It's there, just... It's, it's weird, because uh, the first couple of episodes, they had that formula of, um, so the legends do something, the Time Bureau step in to stop them, and now it's like, they start to do something, and then Damien Dart shows up. It's you know it's pretty much replaced that formula. Yeah. It either turns up it was Damon Dark all along, or he comes in at the end and goes, "Yeah, you were going to solve this. Now I'm going to hold you up for just a little bit." You know. Yeah, and the whole malice thing. I like that he's voiced by John Noble because that's a good voice to have. I don't know what that is going to happen there though. I think it's. Uh... They keep building it up and building it up to be something sinister. The problem is with the way that legends is the fact that they're having so much fun and at the moment you've kind of got a pantomime villain running about as much as he's doing quite sinister things it's always done with that almost a wink to camera and a moustache twirl and then in a puff of smoke he's gone yeah so they're going to need to really switch up a gear if this is going to be a massive villain it's either that or it's going to have to be like a big bait and switch thing where he's been massively built up and feared and everything and then it turns out he's actually a little bit you know, Damien Darkish when he appears, I don't know. Well he's another one of those trapped antagonists, he's trapped somewhere and needs to be mm. re- re- released and they're leaning into the magic this season as well, uh, it's mm. all magic based stuff, which is fine, you know I'm I'm keen, uh, Damien Dark's enough for now, depends what happens with Malice, he's just a, he's just a voice at the moment which could or may not be interesting, who knows um, other villains we've had Grodd in Vietnam. The problem with I think it, I think it was weird that the most serious episode of the season was the Grodd episode, um, and they didn't use Grodd especially well. Although seeing the kind of picture of him destroying the Great Wall of China that was cool. Mm-hmm. That was that was the most recent episode, not the same one. Uh, yeah, the, the villains are are all right so far. I, I quite like uh, is it Kuasa? Her name is. Uh, Amaya's granddaughter. Yes, with the sort of water, the water powers yeah. type thing. Yeah, yeah, she's she's pretty good. She's a good match for it. Um, they sort of they're not really villains, but the Time Bureau are okay because I like Agent Sharp, who's a match for Sarah. And when someone's a match for Sarah, you have to take notice. <laughs> I still think, as, as much as your prediction hasn't come true yet, and you haven't it's been able to bang out. your gong, it, it's <laughs> seeming more likely every episode, isn't it? Yeah. Especially now that she's kind of dropped in for a little bit to help her out. And said that she doesn't care much about husbands. Translation, mm-hmm. I am lesbian, and yeah. And they were Sarah, clearly flirting here. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. In a time travel show, it's a matter of time. But it was good. Um, I liked that, and uh, I like the character. And they were, they're good as kind of pseudo antagonists here and there. Um, I think the the antagonism bit is gone because their rip has kind of been a problem for the Time Bureau as well. Even though he created it, his like reckless mission to find out intel about Malice was, um, you know, it was good. And, and you can see the benefits of that mission itself. And then he gets arrested by the organization he created. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the fact that he he sort of gets flung out almost, and he's now in he's now in jail. Well, there, there's going to be a break him out of Time Bureau jail episode, isn't there? Well, they're going to need him at some stage. Prison heist type yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is absolutely fine. I think it will be. Yeah, it'll be good to have him rip back, but the, you know, I haven't missed him as such. Yeah, him turning up here and there is okay. Uh, Agent Sharp is interesting enough on her own. Um, and obviously we've got the new character, the new bay on the team is Zari, Z, uh, who's from an apocalyptic future. It's like it's only a few years in the future as well, where Argus has taken over. Um, I have met issues with that timeline because, so they're talking about how they have to preserve the timeline, and the fact is, Zari changing the past is considered a bad thing. However, that cannot be the future of the Arrowverse. It just can't be. I mean, it's what. Uh, well, we're 2017 now, so it's, what, eight years from now? That can't be how it turns out in eight years. Otherwise, what's the point in anything that's happening in the other shows? <laughs> <You> know, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you know, Argus have taken over the world and it's all evil and it's all that. Meta humans are outlaws and they're being hunted and put in concentration camps and all this yeah, stuff. I didn't, I didn't look at the timeline that way, actually, and how quickly that's supposed to turn round from now. Well, it's the fact that no one's actively trying to prevent it. So the fact is, what could happen at the end of the season is Zari is this relic from a timeline that no longer happens. Because it shouldn't and it can't. Hmm. You know, so what happens is that timeline gets erased, but because she's flying around time and space, she stays. And uh, maybe she maybe she goes to 2024, or whatever year it is, I think it is 2024, and then sees herself with her brother and her family and is happy. And it's like, I'm content to let this version of myself be happy. I'm going to continue on with you guys. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's not... See, the thing is, she's not a character that's wanting to go back to her time period in particular. It's not like, no. oh, I've got, I loved where I was. You know, it's so she's quite happy to tour about, isn't she? And she's a loose cannon as well. Like, she takes um, Helen of Troy to Themyscira, which therefore establishes that Wonder Woman exists in the Arrowverse. Yay! Or at least her home does. But if, if that exists, she's got to exist. Uh, so Helen of Troy no, is I did, I did like uh, low budget, uh, low budget island, and everyone was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." The, sort of very, the, very, the very, the very underpopulated side of the island. Uh, yeah. However, they did manage to make it look, or even if they took plates or something from it, it looked very, very close to where they were. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, it looked like the film one. Uh, I wonder why they just didn't use a still from the film or something. But um, I suppose visually it wouldn't match the the look of Legends. But. You know, it's good to, It's good that it builds on the, the universe a bit, and I quite like that, that Zari's, you know, she's all about finding loopholes. She tells Jax to find a loophole to try and save Martin's life. He fails, but the fact that he tries is important, because at least he can't, he's, at least he's not, like, suddenly realising, you know, I'm not going to bother with this, I understand what they're on about, it's the fact that he went out on his own way and he tried. And I, it's It's kind of a believable thing for the character to do, and that's why I liked it. It's like, I kind of knew that it wasn't going to come of anything, but I thought it is what Jax would do. He wouldn't take it lying down. He would go, right, we can stop this and we can save it, yeah. Yeah. And that victory tour for um, for for Martin through his younger self was quite good. It was I really liked the conversation he had with Jax about how, when I die, I'll be 67. I've lived a full life. I've had adventures. I've got, I will have no regrets at that point. Um, and it's the fact is it's the same thing that older Martin was saying at this when he was about to give up his own life. So it's the idea it brings it full circle in that way, and it makes it this thing that's yeah okay. You know this this sacrifice is meaningful. It's something he wouldn't regret. He wouldn't trade it for anything, and it adds a bit of weight to the bit in the crossover where he realizes well you must know the date for one thing. Because do not open this letter until November twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen. So you've got to you've got to assume yeah. that his his memory has kind of faded a little bit, and he maybe doesn't know the exact. Well, no, I, th- date, I think or... that he does. I think that he remembers it because I mean I haven't watched the scene again, but you could you could read into it at this point where he's like, "We have to separate. This is it. This is what happens. This is this is how I'm supposed to die." And uh, the fact is, he's. He knows about it and then makes that sacrifice. It adds that extra dimension to that sequence as well. No, yeah, I suppose so. Like you say, I need to rewatch it. Yeah, and do that, that though. Yeah, yeah. Though that episode just made me hoot the most when he gets the kids bow and arrow and they put <laughs> the arrow music over the back of it. <laughs> yeah. Is one of my favourite oh, things they have done so much this season. However, that in particular <laughs> just made me hoot. Well, laughter. Uh, so well done. And th- this is where I like that everyone gets to play in the same sandbox. You know, yeah. they get to take the mickey out of each other in that way. Bebo hungry. He's hungry for war. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> that, that, yeah. That's, you know, you're going to ask my highlights and sadly it's going to be Bebo wanting war. <laughs> um, you know. Legally different tickle me Elmo on yeah, uh, Furby, becoming a god, yeah. you know, or Furby or whatever, becoming yeah. a god, yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant, yeah. There's so many little moments like that, and um, it's what other characters, what's Sarah up to this season, other than flirting with um, flirting with Agent Sharp. She's becoming more secure in her role as a leader, uh, she's kind of put the Damien Dark thing behind her, so she's a little more, bit more objective than she was last season. 
Um, yeah, she's Sarah is always good. She's always always capable, always kicking ass. Do love Sarah. Yeah, no, I, I think she's she's done well. And when they first pitied her as captain, I thought, oh, well, this will just be a temporary thing. They'll bring Rip back and all that. But I quite like her as the sort of de facto leader of the group and rallying folk together, despite the fact she's she's not got superpowers or whatever. She's just, you know, yeah. kick-ass assassin. It's, you know, she's very neat. I, I, I like her placement there, and she seems to be suiting it. Yeah, and she has the leadership chops as well. Of course. Yes. Um, the the whole thing about Amaya earlier in the um, earlier in the season where she was struggling to control her totem, I really liked that stuff. But it's been forgotten about. She went on a vision quest and she was fine after that. I mean, I thought that was going to come into play a bit more significantly, especially with all the other magical objects turning up. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many of these totems and things going about. How many other? I mean, you can tell you've probably read all the uh, <laughs> things. Yeah, Are there only three? Yeah, there's the um, well, there's three that we've seen. I think there's there's one for every element, so there'll be five, I suppose. But we've seen the um, no, no, it's not just elements. So yeah, so uh, Amaya's is the animal spirit one. Uh, there's the water totem, and it hasn't explicitly been stated, but you have to presume that Zari's is the wind one. Yeah, this is me trying to to work out the number of infinity stones there are and what they all mean. It's, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, I, I'm not sure because it's. I'm almost thinking that your future legends team are all going to be wearing totems by the end of this. You know, <laughs> the number of totems to uh, people is increasing. Yeah, so I think there's an earth one somewhere. Um, you have the power to presum- move mud. Congratulations. Presumably a, f- presumably a fire one. Uh, maybe <laughs> J- maybe Jacks could get that and be firestorm again. Oh, all right, okay. <laughs> they seem to be passed down from generation to generation. It'd be awfully convenient for him to go home right now and for his granddad to turn up and go, <laughs> I just happen to have this. Yeah. Um, and now it's yours. Use it wisely. <laughs> well, it could happen. I found this in the sock drawer. Maybe you want it. <laughs> <laughs> it would be just silly enough to work. <laughs> it's a legends thing, though, isn't it? Yeah. It just happened to be in the sock drawer. Um yeah, why not? Yeah, it'd be fine. Um, I don't know. Uh, what other characters have we got? There are a lot. Uh, Mech is just kind of there to shoot a good one-liner here and there. Uh, other than his father, he's not had an enormous amount of stuff. But I, th- I quite like that they seem to be leaning into the fact that he's a bit disgusting. You know, like the bit where it's, uh, he goes, he says he's going to the bathroom before going on a mission. And it was, and someone said, "Well, we're in a hurry. You better not be dropping a deuce." And then races, and if you do, flush. Like, so, and the fact that he's <laughs> drinking in every scene is weird. But um, yeah, he is heavily, heavily alcoholic at this point. Yeah. Rescue him during the crossover, and he's like, "You got beers?" And then, um, yeah, he's always drinking, and uh, he pretty much has Superman's liver. Oh, no. I, th- I think that I think that's it. I mean, as much as he's got his heat gun, I think his true power is the yeah. fact that he has Superman's liver. Yeah, probably. Or Gideon just heals him every day. <laughs> he's just sitting there on the med bed getting help healed every day. Yeah, why not? Yeah. As opposed to... Although, uh, we do have a returning character, sort of, in the form of Leo, Snart. Um, he's good so far. Uh, I like that he's dynamic with... with uh, Mick, and I like the fact that he was trying to hold Mick up to the standards of his counterpart, uh, and then realised that you can't couldn't force him to be anything that something that he wasn't. I like that. Yes, it's. Um, I, I I just like having him back. It's always it's always quite neat. The fact that every time he comes back, they do like a slight twist on the character yeah. is always quite good fun. And the disturbing um, Martin Stein puppet that he had when he was trying to be the agony at the Stein he, puppet. And and I was thinking, please don't show Jax with a Stein puppet. <laughs> don't show Jax. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Oh, no, he did with the puppet. And it just cuts him going, it's the puppet, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, brilliant. What have you got to say to Martin Stein? And out yeah. comes this. And Mick, yeah. Yeah. And, and then Mick beats the crap out of it because he hates puppets, which then pays off at the end when he's the one that destroys people. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, uh, Leo being back is quite good. Uh, obviously, he fills that hole. I think he's only he is only there temporarily because Wentworth Miller has announced that he's not going to be 
appearing in the Arrowverse after whatever run of episodes he has. So I don't know if all those episodes are with Legends or whether he's going to migrate between shows here and there. Um, you know, he'll do just stint on Legends, stint on Arrow, stint on Flash, stint on maybe Supergirl. Why not? Um, it's fine. I, I wish his boyfriend had come with him, though. Uh, as in Ray, although having two Rays on the same show would be really confusing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably confusing. Though, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of liked him in the crossover, so I, I would I like to see him again. And there is the chance well, that maybe he'll the move over. Series that he's doing. Yeah, I mean, there's always there's always the chance because, like we say, the Legends team seems to sort of mold and shape all the time. Yeah. Eventually, they're going to run out of seats on the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. until then. But yeah, the, in the meantime, you can try and watch the um, CWC animated show about the Ray on EarthX. Freedom Fighters, I think it's called. I'm sure I've mentioned it before. Yeah, so um, what would be your personal highlights of this season so far then? I mean, there's a lot oh. to choose from. Uh, there's lots of bits and pieces to choose from. Uh, a lot of what's coming to mind is from the recent episode just because People. of the... Yeah. Uh, Bebo, uh, we've already mentioned the sort of return of the Mac scene yeah. uh, with Damien coming back, getting all his powers and being a bit badass. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, you had the I like I liked bits of the ET episode, the sort of mimicking of ET, the the, the bits <laughs> with the bicycle and everything. Yeah. I thought was very funny with the baby Dominator and all that. Yeah, well, right I love the we'll yeah, I love the bit in that episode where it was uh, everyone was so sure the Dominator was dangerous, the baby Dominator was going to grow up to be dangerous, and it was that whole thing about it's just as strong as it is when it's an adult or something like that. Uh, they they had all that, and then <laughs> the the bit where the government agents were there and they were about to like kill them, I suppose, and uh, then they suddenly just started breaking out in the. Uh, the show tunes. The show tune, yeah. And it was just, and it was the way that the, the Dominator was like nodding its head back and forth, just as. <laughs> oh, it was so great. And then you had the ET, the iconic shot, you know, where where I put the caption "ET phone lawyers." <laughs> <laughs> so that that was all great stuff. Uh, I really liked that episode. It was just, again, it was just really charming to watch. The circus one I quite liked. Um. Helen of Troy being like sought after in Hollywood in the uh, in the thirties was it the twenties twenties or thirties? Yeah, it was around about that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I did like that she was a sort of Hollywood starlet, so everyone's trying yeah. to steal her away and causing war. Yeah, uh, that was a good one. I think I don't think they made as much grod as they could have, uh, sadly. But um, strong season so far, very strong. It's just so much fun, so much fun with plenty of heart. So there we go. Uh, any other sort of highlights for you, or lowlights, or no, no, I think that's it. I mean, uh, lowlights for me is the, the kind of rule thing. I, I still a bit of that plays in the back of my head. Going, what are the rules regarding yeah. time travel? They seem to they broke time by doing one thing, but I don't understand how that was worse than what they've now been marching about doing in the meantime. <laughs> so it's like it's already broken. We can't break it any further. Let's just do what we want. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, but apart from that, I'd, it, it is what it is. It's, it's a lot of fun. They sort of don't take it too seriously, in which case I can't really criticise it too seriously because yeah. at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's what it is. Yeah. So now we can go back to, we can go on to our final show, Arrow. which is the very first one, although it's the one we're talking about last, mostly because it's on last uh, in the week. Uh, season six, uh, I quite like it so far, myself. I think um, they're, they're doing good stuff for the characters. Uh, there's a lot of potential in some of the things they've been doing that they maybe not quite reached uh, or haven't taken full advantage of. And um, there, There's a real sense of that the writers don't know what to do with this season. They've, so they've got a collection of villains that on their own aren't that interesting, but when together, they're also not that interesting. So I don't know where they're going with that. Uh, but but I'm enjoying it. I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, overall, I, I kind of like the direction they've taken it. They've managed to make it feel different. It must be difficult for the Arrow writers when you consider how long the show's been running to go... 
oh, we've got to do something that we've not done, we've got to change it up a little, and they've managed to do that with, with neat elements, making Oliver a dad, you know, they've still kept the sort of mayor side going, they've got the team running and him not being the Green Arrow and a bit of that, then they've brought in the lawyers and everything to try and sue him, or the FBI or whatever the hell it is that's trying to sue him at the moment, so... Yeah, they've, I think they've done quite a, a good job of rocking the boat a little bit and, and making it uncomfortable for them. Yeah, they, they, they have, I think. Um, and I quite like the idea that he could maybe hang up his hood and uh, give up, or, or not give up, but pass on the mantle. Because at the end of the day, he is a human being, right? So he can't do this forever. It's got to, They'll get to a point where his body just can't take it anymore. you know. And, and the fact is, Stephen Amell, he's in probably the best shape of his life at the moment, but... He ain't getting any younger and the stunts are taking their toll. And it's interesting how, I mean, it was played off as a joke, but during the crossover, Oliver said that he wouldn't, he would get down on one knee, but he's kind of sore from the ninjas. And it's, it's, <laughs> he's like physical, the physical strain of the, of being Green Arrow must be, must be starting to rear its, its ugly head. So passing it on to Diggle is a good idea because it's a man that he trusts with everything. And you've got this whole thing about he does it to, to um, service his son you know, give his son uh, a peace of mind that his dad's not going to be dead by the time he wakes up, especially after all the losses that he's endured. Fine. Um, and the fact is, Diggle has always been in that kind of life. He's used to putting his life in danger one way or another. And the fact is, if you just play the numbers game, uh, his son has two parents. Oliver's son only has one. So it kind of works in that sense. But also quite like the idea that um, Arrow is the show where you can still have the main character out of costume, but still in the show. And you can still have the, the Green Arrow side of it as well. Uh, it, it would show a sign of maturity. You know, the fact is, this thing can move on and we still have enough confidence in our ability to write this show to find something to do with these characters. It's and, a very gradual way of sort of passing the baton on yeah. and quite a natural occurring way to do that. Yeah. Um, now I'm not sure I mean I don't know how many of the comics and stuff you read but is there like a successor to Green Arrow that's supposed to come in at some point or not no I mean the closest would be Roy who was a sidekick uh, you know we know what happened to Roy I suppose but he's not he's not been back yet Um, he's on a retreat with Wally (laughs) he is well he's believed dead I think so he's in hiding somewhere but um the the thing is, uh, the, the the idea of passing a mantle on to someone else, and, and Arrow has that has a cast that's strong enough to do it. I mean, I always thought that if ever it got to the point where Stephen Amell just thought he couldn't be arsed with this anymore, that Thea would be a good um, good stand-in. You could frame a show around Thea very easily. I think she's a, she's that she's very strong as a character. Um, having her missing for most of the season, other than the most recent episode, is a bit of a shame because I like Thea. Yeah, it seems, um, I'm assuming there was either off-stage, off-screen reasons or whatever that they had to take her out of action or it was meant to be a bigger consequences of of the island. Well, there was I mean, I still, both, yeah. yeah, there was a bit of both, but I still have the feeling that the, the end of the whole island thing was a bit of a cop-out, to be honest. Oh, it's almost been forgotten um, by now. Yeah, I mean, it's it has been completely filmed. Considering that was like the big peak, and everyone's everyone was going, "Who's going to survive? Who's going to film it?" I still have a massive gripe with them about going. Oh, they all did. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, apart from uh, William's mum, that's it. Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I don't know. I mean, I think if Stephen Amell went, I'm not doing it anymore. It would it would wrap now. Whether they are sitting there on the plot going right here is the exit plot and we're ready to deploy it whenever yeah. you know whenever you you know let us know let us know exactly when we need to start rolling this because you'd like to think that they would give it a, a like a fitting end to the character and everything rather than it just being and then it stopped yeah you know on a, a slightly open type thing i don't i don't know what they would do or they need to go to another earth to see the arrow team in a different yeah. Or, or Oliver know. only turns up once a year for a crossover. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's still, he's still, it's, the team's still working in the background, but you don't really see them, or you only get occasional cameos in other shows, be it Legends or yeah. um, Flash or whatever, yeah. I suppose that would that would maybe work. Yeah. Uh, 
as much as I liked the passing of the mantle story, I think it was a good idea. I didn't like Diggle's injury plot because I wasn't sure what they were going for. Is it physical or is it psychological? It's both and also neither. So that's the, that's the problem. And then you have this whole thing about him buying drugs because he feels overwhelmed and, and they do this manufacturing a reason for Oliver to be disappointed in him for a while. It's all a bit wishy-washy, really. But it was also solved almost in the exact way where I said, surely you would go to Curtis, the man that has made a, a crippled yeah. woman walk yeah. to, short, to right sort away. out your yeah. shaky hand problem. You wouldn't go, I am going to find a drug dealer uh, you would go, <laughs> Curtis, buddy, uh, don't know if you mind keeping this between us for just now, but I've got this problem and I need a hand, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, Dinah knows because she knows for some reason. Dinah knows because she's, she's put two and two together and at this point you're like, well, others would. And that team and Diggle especially have always been quite open. People have had the odd secrets, but yeah. normally they've basically shared them within an episode, you know. Yeah. You see them going behind someone's back or doing something a bit secret in one episode, and the next episode it's either discovered or they've pulled yeah. already. And it seemed a bit surprising for Diggle to be the one that's sort of keeping all that back. But Yeah. Uh, I like what they're doing with Dinah this season. I think she's um, she's really good. Uh, find her niche. She's very confident. She's very competent. She's all of those words that begin with C. Apart from the naughty ones, so uh, yeah, I like Dinah. Uh, she's she's carving her own little path through the team. She also gives you the required access to the police department that you don't have anymore now that Quentin's in the mayor's <laughs> office. Right. So you know, Although it gives it gives Oliver, a little in there. Oliver essentially owns the police because he's mayor, so I think that's okay. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's good. Uh, I like Dinah. Yeah, good, good character. I, I, I like what they've been sort of playing about with her, especially when everything's sort of come to head in quite a natural way in this uh, recent episode. Well, they've kind we, of been building up. We'll kind of get on to that, but her, um, her, well, the, the whole vigilante um, reveal. So the reveal of vigilante's identity, and it was like instead of it was being teased for a while. Uh, Last season it was being teased, and it was very obviously the same guy that turned out to be Prometheus voicing him. But now it's just, oh yeah, he's uh, Dino's ex-boyfriend, who she believed dead. And it's the impact is felt for her, fine. So she's she's cut up about it. She can't believe that someone that she cared about can be this thing. You know, she's thrown through the ringer because someone she thought was dead is now not dead. Again, all great, but... For us as the audience, it's like, who the hell is this guy? And why did you make me wait to see his face for so long? They do that quite a lot, though. There's there's always bits where it's like, oh, how many episodes back have I got to go? How many seasons have I got to go back to remember who this guy is now? Yeah. I've seen so many of these uh, these villains, especially in a show like Arrow, that has got such a back catalogue of people that have vanished without a trace slash not quite yeah. been confirmed dead, that... You know, even in the recent episode at the end, they sort of you get four or five people all lined up, and I'm going, "Which one's he again? I can't remember which one he is. Is he yeah. meant to be the villain? Is he? A, he's a villain as well. But is that a villain I was expecting? I don't know. I can't remember. Do I know him already? No idea. <laughs> and and like you say, it's the same thing when someone sort of takes off their mask, and I spend a good five minutes going, "Who's he?" And that's when you really need a really obvious. Oh my God! It's insert name of character, yeah. and you go, ah. Right, excellent. I can write that down. Now I know. The thing is, like, I have no problem with the reveal itself. I think uh, I think it's really good to give it a personal connection to Dinah rather than everybody being personally connected to Oliver. You know, it's um, so it gives her some stake, some skin in the game, and then. But for us as the audience, it's like, mm, what? Okay, the the reveal means nothing to us. What would have um, what would have maybe been better is if they had revealed them last season, and then you had for whatever reason, uh, Dinah not finding out until now. So then you've got this thing that's hanging over. It's like, well, wait till she finds out about this. And it could have caused a little bit of friction between her and the team as well. You know, with who was keeping it from her, for instance. Maybe Diggle kept it from her. I don't know. But it is what it is. And um, I think that the impact is somewhat lost because it just doesn't... It just doesn't land as well as it should because we don't know who that guy is. Really. Yeah. No, I kind of agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on? Curtis and Felicity start up. They're calling it Helix for some reason. Um, although I thought it was funny when they were going to call it um, 
the name of an established com- company. Like the the Oracle name was workshopped. I'm sh- workshopped. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, they're already kind of big, by the way. <laughs> I was I wasn't sure about it. It was one of these things. It was like, oh, we need to give Felicity and Curtis something to do, and it does kind of make sense that the two of them would go into tech together. Yeah. And I don't know if the payoff, the whole thing of the payoff, is going to be now that there's a bit of friction in the team and Curtis isn't on the team, but he's still wanting to be involved in the business. Is that going to come to a head in some way? I don't know. Maybe. It's yeah. it, it, and and to call it Helix after the sort of big hackers that tried to. <laughs> yeah. Do you think why why would you pick that name? Why would yeah. you go for that? Yeah. yeah. And on Felicity, I mean, the the fact is you've got the whole Oliver-Felicity relationship which is back up and running again, which yeah, boring. Um, at least it's not filled with angst so far. They seem to have gone straight from the... They seem to have skipped through that and they're just happy with you know, being pseudo-parents um, for for example. Um, so you've got Oliver and uh, Felicity who are both being a parent to William uh, so to speak. Yeah, I kind of like the fact that they've, they've sort of struck up a parent dynamic quite quickly, uh, which has worked really well. I like the fact that the relationship kind of got back on an even keel without it being too long and drawn out. Yeah. The fact that they decided to just do a nice rapid wedding uh, without any of the, oh, who are we going to invite? And, oh, we've got to book a venue. And we've got to, oh, my God. It was like, oh, thank God we didn't have to go through that. And they pretty much skipped right to having a party when they went to the next episode, you know, the sort of post-wedding party. I was yeah. like, okay, great. They've dealt with it. They've done the scene. It's done. On we go, you know. So, yeah, I kind of like they did that. And I actually quite liked the wedding reception because it was a good it was a good little nice character beat and they kind of earned it a little bit. It was okay, you know, it was um I'm not I'm not hugely invested in the relationship as such, but it's less offensive to me than the Iris Barry relationship. Yes. So Oliver and Felicity are, are back together. Um Felicity's not really had much of her own stuff to do this season as such, other than kind of supporting that. Um and being on Team Arrow and being sort of Diggle's second, I suppose, um, until until later on. Renee Sim really hasn't had a lot to do either. Uh, up until sadly. up until re- up until recently, up until yeah. Recently, yeah. Uh, Curtis, same kind of deal on his own. Not an awful lot to do. Um, so yeah, they, they seem to be shifting the focus here and there, which is fine. Like giving Dinah a bit of focus. It's a big it's a big cast, so it's it's difficult to get everyone in all the time. Uh, Quentin's back and forth on his feelings between about evil Laurel. I quite like that. The fact that he's like, I know she's not my daughter, but she's totally my daughter. That you know, I like that. That's um, that stance that he has on that, and especially in the most recent episode where they have that moment where they realise actually we're not that different, and our lives are some more similar than we're both care to admit. That's a good. That's good. And Paul Blackthorn nails it every time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. No. Can't argue. Uh, onto the villains for the season. I like that the writers acknowledge that none of the villains are good enough on their own to carry a season. So, like, Caden James is good because he's Michael Emerson, and Michael Emerson is just that character actor. He's a very good character actor. Um, the others come and go. I mean, I like Evil Laurel. Not enough to carry a season on her own. She's an antagonist no. of sorts. But uh, th- they're all like that, though. They're all, like, smaller pieces of a bigger puzzle, I suppose. And Quite like, well, I mean, you've had the Legion of Doom and Legends, which was fun in its own way, but this is a bit different. It's like a, it's essentially a cabal of street level bad guys. You know, you've got a hacker, you've got a drug dealer, you have a, I suppose Laurel is the henchman woman person. And so yeah, on. but I mean, it's it's kind of an inverse of the Arrow team itself. Yeah. You know, you've kind of got a tech hacker that can work out in the background. You've got, you know, a couple of people that are quite good on the ground. You've got someone else to sort of corral some henchmen and, you know. Yeah. It it works out, and I suppose in the same way that I said earlier on, that it's not to, you know, it's a bit tricky sometimes when someone reveals their face and you're going, oh, what what season did I see them in? Yeah. With its back catalogue now, it's great that they are able to pull in different people and go, right, well, that was quite a good character, and that ties in, especially when you've got someone like uh, Anthony, that uh, that ties in to Oliver's backstory, and then you've seen him in different bits so you're like okay that sort of slots in quite well and it, it just kind of it works in a little bit and it's the benefit of them having this nice slow build to their their universe totally yeah 
Um, what did you think of the two Deathstroke episodes? I, I was a fan. I mean, I think that the, there was a bit too much fat on them, so they were, they were a bit more bloated than they probably should have been. But at the same time, Manu Bennett getting a storyline to himself was, was excellent, and you got to see him being super brutal throughout. And the kind of seeing how the Mirakuru took control of him uh, after his return from Lian Yu was really cool. I really liked the little bit of backstory that they gave there. I liked them exploring the character. Um, it gave Oliver an excuse to sort of be almost the Green Arrow again. You know, yeah. at that point, it was like he's under investigation and he can't do it in the city. So you're like, oh, he's over there doing it. It's kind. So it was a good way of, of tying all that in. But yeah, like you say, I, I liked them, actually. Um, it was something different. And I think at this point you've got to go out there and do something different because people get bored of the same thing happening again and again it's and again almost... and again. We're going to go to we're going to go to a warehouse space, <laughs> uh, you know. Something's going to happen on a kind of street level, and then we're going to investigate, and then we're going to try and do something. It's going to go wrong. Then eventually it's going to end up in a big warehouse, and we will succeed. However, the main villain will get away, and that's basically yeah. the base of every Arrow episode. So to go away and do something a bit different, albeit still in warehouses and still on a on a similar line, but to give it that bit more depth, I think was was really neat. Yeah, and the. Um... And it almost plays out a bit like a backdoor pilot for a Deathstroke TV series in some ways. Although it does give the, the, the Slade character a bit of closure as well, as in by the end of it he realises that being Deathstroke isn't quite for him anymore. But Which harkens back to his mention about um, can't live your life as being as two people forever. Uh, I thought his son was a bit limp. The, the actor playing his son was no match for Manu Bennett. But who is? So... Um, and the mirroring the father-son story between Oliver and Slade was was a nice touch as well. You know, thanks for reminding me I was a, I'm a father. That was a good, that was a good little moment. Mm. So yeah, no, Slade. I did. I, did I like love it, Slade. Yeah. More Slade. I want to see more Slade. We may not for a while, but you know, especially with his appearance in Justice League, the most recent episode, the this mid-season finale had the characters split apart, split down the middle, three on three. Uh, OTA and NTA, original Team Arrow and new Team Arrow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you had this thing about the someone on the team has betrayed you, and that's fine, except I thought the loyalty was there, that it was hard for me to stomach. The thing about Evelyn last season, because it's essentially the same thing, Evelyn was playing both sides, um, that made sense because she was the one that was always speaking out against Oliver, but everyone seems pretty like happy with her position at this point. So the idea that um, one of them could betray them, it was shocking, and I suppose it was supposed to be. Um, and having it kind of frame itself around, well, so here's Curtis, here's why he might be the traitor, and Dinah's running off to see her ex-boyfriend, who she thought was dead. Again, she's keeping secrets, that's suspicious. And Renee's like, I love being on Team Arrow. I can't <laughs> imagine being anywhere else. So it's, in retrospect, it sounds obvious, but I didn't see it coming. I, I didn't, and it was, I'm, I'm not going to say it was a pleasant surprise, that's the wrong kind of word, it was pleasant to be surprised, yeah. I think, because so many of these things are signposted miles and miles away, like you say, last season, you get the person that's sort of biting back continually, like, oh, well, if anyone's going to sort of stab them in the back, there, there's the character, yeah. whereas with Rene, it's like, you didn't really get any hint of it, in fact, there was no hint that there was a betrayal coming until that sort of text at the party thing going, yeah. Or oh, just found out someone's turned on you, and it's someone that's on the team. Yeah, and it does tie into the theme of family for the season. You know, you've you've got the kind of fathers and children type plot that's mm. running through. So, you know, Diggle and Diggle and his son, um, Oliver and his son, Quentin and his not quite daughter, um, and so on. You know, and and Renee and his daughter is a thing that's that's been established for a while now. And the fact that Samanda is it Samanda? Her name's pronounced. The, the yeah, FBI woman. Yeah, yeah. The fact that she goes after him and strikes that nerve, that makes sense. It also solidifies my belief that she is working with Caden James. But the fact that she uh, would go for that nerve makes sense. I think potentially. I, I She potentially is working knowingly for Caden James. I would say that she's unwittingly getting information from him and being manipulated in some way to do that. So being, yeah. being fed information as and when necessary to cause disruption. 
Yeah. But not being given, obviously, the full shooting match. He's just being fed little tidbits and then yeah. they're leaving her to work out the rest by herself. But then you get extra bits, bits added to it, such as you've been spying on us this whole time, which kind of comes from nowhere. And the fact is, you've had Oliver approaching an arc about being uh, being trust trusting people a bit more. The, f- the fact that that's not happening, you know, he doesn't really trust people, he's been spying on them, he's been collecting information on them, um, is a bit dubious as far as I'm concerned, although, and it exists just to get the team to split apart. Really? but Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like they've been saying, oh, we've, they've been surveilling them all the time. It seems like they only activated the surveillance once they knew there was a traitor. Hmm. Um... And, but does it really come surprising that they would be keeping tabs on people? I think it would, considering the level of trust that's been built up in the meantime. I mean, they've always had reason to trust Curtis, they've always had reason to trust Dinah, uh, until recently, and Renee, well, you know, he is painfully obvious. Yeah, I mean, see, the thing is with Curtis, I wouldn't really call him new Team Arrow, because he, he was kind of on the team before he was out there in the field, yeah, if you know what I mean. So I was kind of surprised with the Curtis side, but with the others, mm, yeah, I suppose so. Maybe maybe he shouldn't have. And I reckon we'll be a secondary team arrow in January for a bit until they all kiss and make up, which will happen. They need to be united against a small group of not quite threatening villains. Hmm. It's fine though. Could be. Um, could be. Yeah. We've kind of covered the the main the main thrust of the season so far, really. I mean, it's been kind of it's been almost kind of uneventful in some way. They've, they've you know they've had a couple of things that they've been driving at, but there's not been an awful lot of movement on all of it. I don't. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's a bit. It's it's kind of slow, and in some ways the slowness is working, and in some ways it kind of isn't. But uh, what were your what have been your highlights of the of the show so far? Oh, um, or highlights. Highlights. Uh, low lights. Uh, as an IT network guy, the whole internet coming down to one server and one box and one place in uh, Fenway was a particular low light of mine that had me swearing at the television, uh, which <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, even even like the most non-technical person would go, the internet is not one server in one room in one box. And it's a um, warehouse in Starling City, or Star City. Yeah, <laughs> of course it is course it is that particular bit had me going oh hang on and i'm sure there's doctors and stuff that watch tv all the time going yeah. they would not cure it like that but as an it person i'm going no you can't have this what about <laughs> so, that line from felicity where someone i think it's i think it's um what's his name i think i think it's a uh, renee that says this place is big and she says it would have to be to hold the entire internet Yes, it's, that, like the, that it's like the box in the IT crowd, isn't it? That's, yes, so with the, with the sort of blinking light on, going, "This <laughs> is the internet." You know, why is there no cables in it? Yeah. It's wireless. And <laughs> like, it's what we've talked course. about before. You know, Team Arrow bringing down nukes, right? A bit above their pay grade. Team Arrow saving the entire internet, kind of above their pay grade as well. Yeah, I, I was more expecting it to turn into a PSA going, you know, you can save the internet too. Support net neutrality. Uh, you know, something you know, something like that to pop up at the end just to explain, you know, yeah. explain why they had done this. Oh, the entire internet's at stake. And you're going, no, it bloody isn't. Uh, so, but um, yeah, I, I suppose on a serious note, uh, bits that I disliked. Uh, uh, oh, that is is tough. I've not really liked the investigation the way the FBI investigation thing's been getting handled so far. It seemed really clunky and just not very slick. The whole sort of taking people in one by one. He doesn't really get arrested until partway through and then he gets bailed and you're like, he'd be arrested way before now if you had the evidence that you've got. So... Yeah, use your, kind of use your seed money for uh, or angel investment money. To yeah, money. your your angel investment money has just been used for for things. So what what happens to the business now that you've decided yeah. to do that? I, I just there, there's bits of it that I'm like, hang on, if this is meant to be properly under investigation, and you know, I kind of get the fact that she's kind of being a bit dirty in the way that she's she's trying to get him, but you're also going, well, she would have him arrested by now. This would be 
this would all be in and done. It wouldn't be this yeah. drawn out a process, and he also wouldn't be getting to run about and disappear off to foreign lands yeah. <laughs> to to appear as not quite the arrow over there. You know, yeah. uh, you know, his passport would already be away. But um, I suppose suspension of disbelief and everything. You just go all right, go with it. But it's not been. I've not been kind of enjoying it. I'm hoping it plays out a little bit better. Um, but you know we've got the potential of sitting there watching a trial happening in Flash and a trial happening in Arrow at the same time. So <laughs> yeah, you know as long as they stagger them a little bit, I don't know if I can do Law and Order Arrowverse for too long. <laughs> a couple of Sarah's brought in as a yeah, you know as a witness as a character witness. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I've not been too crazy about the investigation either because it just kind of fades into the background until it doesn't. Uh, my favourite things I like um, I like Oliver's relationship with William the way that's building um, having Thea back she had a really good moment with, with Oliver in the latest episode although the dialogue was a bit clunky it was a bit weird but uh, it, was, it was a nice little moment uh, I guess uh, other stuff um, the Diggle as Green Arrow even though I'm not crazy about the injury I've quite enjoyed it Although it's clear that they can't be wearing the same costume. I mean, Diggle is like <laughs> much broader on the shoulders than, than you know, Oliver is. Does someone have to like let it in and whatever, you know? But, okay. Well, it's Cisco. Cisco's you know, essentially the uh, Edna mode of <laughs> yeah. uh, of the Arrowverse, yeah. isn't he? It's like everyone goes to him for their outfits. Yeah. Also, also absolutely love it whenever they're going to do a, you know, they're on a time-sensitive mission and everyone's like, and Diggle's like, right, we need to go stop this warehouse robbery, suit up, and then the next time you see Curtis, he's got his hair all, like, braided. Here's so braided, the face paint hours. on. <laughs> Here's braided, the face paint's on. He's got all that sorted. And then sometimes by the time he's in the lift, he's he's undone the face paint, but he's not quite bothered with the hair yet, and you're hang on. It's like, yeah. Although I like Curtis. Yeah. Uh, I like Evil Laurel. I think she's she's quite a good antagonist. Katie Cassidy is much better suited in that role than she is in anywhere else's. Um, uh, oh, she was if, as Laurel, as regular Laurel. Oh, I liked regular Laurel. So uh, I liked Deathstroke. So yeah, I've liked the season. It's just you know there's not an awful lot going on, uh, or there's a lot going on, but it's it's not moving very quickly, I suppose. But it's good. It's a good show. It's better than the Flash this season, I would say. So, yeah. Oh, I would agree, definitely. I mean, I don't, I don't really have anything else on Arrow, so um, unless you do, we could get onto the wrapping up portion. No, I think that's it. Cool. Well, as a final question, well, it might not be the final question. One of the final questions: uh, rank the Arrowverse shows that you're watching from from worst to best. Oh. Oh, nice surprise question. You didn't put that Boom. on the prep. I did not. Uh, and there's a surprise for the audience. Yes, there's prep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what audience? Uh, yeah, what audience? Uh, hello. Um, oh, right. Okay, on a one, two... Um, da, da, da. Okay, so... One arrow... Two Legends, three Supergirl, four Flash. There you go. Was that best to worst or worst to best? Uh, it was best to worst, I think. Arrow and Legends are kind of close, but for different things. So right. I think you could interchange either of them at the top for me. Cool. Well, for me, I've got um, The Flash is the worst of the four. I'm not saying it's the worst. It's just of the four. Uh, Arrow is second. Then I've got Supergirl, uh, which is, you know, in second place. And first place is Legends. So there's there's my ranking. For anyone yeah, who cares, that's the ranking. There's only so many combinations, right? So like, we Yeah, just there's only four there's only four combinations. Uh, <laughs> like I say, Arrow Arrow and Legends are kinda level pegging and they're both good in different ways and I kind yeah. I kinda think it depends on your mood when you're watching either of these as well. If you're in yeah, any silly mood, uh, an episode yeah. of Legends will definitely win over uh, over Arrow, and then other times, yeah, Arrow works. And it depends on the episode week to week, but that's just my general feeling on the nine episodes or eight episodes as a whole. So there we go. 
that was that. A ranking. People like scores on the doors. So we have some scores on the doors. And very nice doors they are too. Yes. So on that note, I will open a breach and send you back to your earth. So thank you very much for um, joining for this extended hiatus podcast. It took <laughs> almost as long as the hiatus itself. Uh, yeah, almost, almost. I, I remember the the prep sheet, something along the line, along the line of a quick discussion about each program. <laughs> never a quick discussion. This is meal before pod. Damn it, we never. Yeah. Have a quick discussion. So if you've made it this far, congratulations. Uh, you deserve a rosette. Uh, thanks very much for having me on, Craig. Appreciate it. You are welcome. Now, off to your Earth with you. That was our extended discussion of the Out of Earth mid-season break. Once again, thanks to YouTuber Einstein's 1117 for the supplied music. If you like what you heard, then hit that subscribe button in iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. And join us on the next Nail Before Part. 